Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Well, hello, everyone. It is good to be back. Welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name's Matt. Happy to have you back on the pod, Casey. I, you know, it, <laughs> celebrating it just, your birthday. You know? <laughs> we were we were talking right before we started recording. I feel like it's been forever, and it really has been forever. So last week I was out because um, I was graciously surprised uh, by my brother, my sister-in-law, my uh, two nieces, my nephew, and my mom. They knocked on my door at ten o'clock in the morning. And uh, we're like, hey, happy birthday. So it was it's my 40. It was my 40th birthday last week. So that was that was pretty awesome. We got to spend uh, a whole day with them, which was wonderful. I don't remember what happened the week prior. Why we weren't able. to? I oh, I, no, I do. I wasn't able to record because I was in town in Michigan. For oh, that's right. You were in Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so it kind of has been a family couple of days. And you guys, you know, we do this. This is a hobby for us. This isn't a job. We don't make any money off of this. So, you know, occasionally things come up. Right. Yep. Um, I, I do have to say, Matt, I do listen to episodes that I'm not part of. And I do <laughs> I have to say I was pleasantly um, engaged. And uh, I actually wish I could have been part of the conversation that you kind of were putting out there about kind of the state of, of Marvel. There's been a lot of talk about this. And, you know, you and I have talked about this yeah. in terms of have the Disney Plus shows um, maybe... Uh, I don't know, like saturated the fandom a little bit from what the the movies have offered for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And is there truly a superhero fatigue out there? And I, I think the answer is absolutely yes at this point. There's very much a superhero fatigue. I'm I'm not sure it's necessarily a um fatigue because if everything was good and quality, it would be fine. I think what what struck me about Secret Invasion and if you haven't listened to this, you want to hear my whole rant, uh, go back and listen <laughs> to the episode. It just, it just <clears throat> wasn't good. Like yeah. it, it just, it was, it was, it was just kind of, it's almost like they were banking on that reveal of, of, of war machine and roadie being the, 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 you know, being impersonated by a scroll is like the big thing. And from what I can tell, it sounds like it's gotten a lot of negative attention because of it. And there, there's a lot of continuity, continuity errors if that is the case and of when he technically was taken over, right? There's a lot of issues out there. I, I, I don't know. I can't speak, co you know, collectively for, for all of MCU fandom, but what I can speak for at least as a representative of is the fan that came to the MCU that knew nothing about comics was along for the ride through phases one, two, and three loved it, enjoyed it, learned. I, I, I mean, I have no desire to see Secret Invasion. I'm kind of excited about Loki season two, but I feel like it's been what three years or two years. So like, I'm two. I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's been way too long. Like, I, I don't know. And like, I, I, I'm not really all that excited to see the new Avengers movies now. Like, I am, but I'm not. Like, I don't know. I and I, that's speaking this. Maybe it's just me, but I have a feeling there's a lot of um. A lot of people who came to the MCU like I did, and they're just like, "All right, we're over it. We've moved it was, on." It was the It's it was going to be the challenge when they ended this kind of storyline. Yeah, but they needed to keep the MCU going because of you know the money making machine that it is. Well, now you're starting to get into that. The characters that they've been riding the coattails of are done. Mm -hmm. And um, who are the characters now that are going to really carry the banner for the MCU? And they just don't really have one right now. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it is, again, this goes back to that idea of saturation. There's just it's not that there's too much superhero stuff. It's just that maybe they're it's too hard to keep track of it all anymore. Like, I think the thing that made the MCU for that first 10 years through phase three so special was that again and we've talked about this it all pointed to one epic conclusion there's no clear direct and i think this is a purposeful decision on on on, on um kevin feige's part which is they're not and he said this there's not going to be another 
there's the period before Endgame and there's the period after Endgame. There's nothing that it's all pointing to. And, and the other thing I think <laughs> I laugh at this is that like how how many times can you have these epic world universe multi universe like like dividing and conquering and world ending things happen before the next one is just the next thing in a string of things. You know well, what you I remember, mean? You remember our once upon a time question or the, this was our issue when we did once upon a time for the, that episode yes, where we yes. were like, by the fourth season, we were like, Oh my gosh, there's another curse. Like, can, yes. all these, can we have one season where they just all kind of like sit around and play bridge or something like that? <laughs> well, and the thing is, is <laughs> I just see Tony Stark. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like Marvel. Just, like, can no, I just I, get like the nine to five that Captain yeah, America's like, doing and get a workplace comedy book, for a year? You know, the comic book universe doesn't lend itself to that. And I get that. And if you're fans of comics, this is just par for the course. You've got a story going on over here in a book, you've got a story going on over like the, I think that's part of it is that in the comic world everyone's got their own adventures they're doing their own things they don't interconnect except every once in a while when they come together right with the mcu and this is both good and bad feige did a, a remarkable job bringing everything together but that also has been the thing that shot him in the foot that now that he wants to keep it all kind of separate people maybe are having a harder time with that right yeah. and i think if you go into any one of these shows or movies with the mind of okay it's just this is the movie for what it, like it's like when you go to a movie nowadays i don't know about you but like when you go to a movie nowadays that's not connected to anything you just kind of go in and say i'm gonna have a good time with this like oh, we did it, with the indiana great. jones kind of right <laughs> like you're just gonna go and have a good time the haunted mansion whatever mm -hmm. it's hard to do that with with the mcu because of how we've been trained you know yeah absolutely so um I'm I'm interested because I, I I'm interested to see I'm interested in the future of the MCU. I, yeah. I think that this was the first one that I was really like every other series. I can give you like, you know what? I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this part of it. Here's why I would recommend it. This is the first one that I'm like, not so much. Ah, it, it, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yeah, I think I have a feeling Disney knew it might have not been so good because they didn't do a whole lot to hype it at all they i mean they didn't they didn't do a whole lot to hype it and i think it also could be a casualty of the world we're in right now the streaming world of how everyone's kind of reconfiguring their thoughts on streaming yeah. as well yeah and that's that's not that's that's a whole nother thing mm -hmm. that is is going on right now especially with disney is their streaming did not take off in the way that they were projecting it to well you. I, I you know I, I don't know what they were expecting with that though like I, any of these streamers like i don't it how many times just as a general lay person how many times have you and i and you and others and i and others how many times have we talked about like what kind of business model how does that work and how can you go about creating these multi-million dollars worth of 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 like specific content for your platform i mean how many subscribers do you have to maintain to be able to maintain it like at a certain point like i i think they thought that maybe some of the players were going to ultimately exit i don't think maybe they expected that there was going to be such a la carte competition but that's that's what we're in right now and like I, it's funny because you hear people like saying oh it'd be nice if you know some of these streamers all came together and were on one channel that's cable. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's called cable, cable television. <laughs> I, I was listening to this. Uh, a pod, I was listening. To, I listened to this really great podcast um, offline with uh, John Favreau. They're part of the Pod Save America group, and he had. Um, they were talking about the the, the strike with with um, you know Adam from Adam Rooms everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was on there and he was talking about the strike and everything, and and he's like, we had it really good there for a while. It, it, producers content creators and even the consumers had it really good if the cable companies weren't trying to like monopolize everything but for a while there you could get on-demand streaming everything was you know you had cable you had the ability to watch it when you wanted you had the ability to record it when you wanted yeah okay fine you didn't necessarily have access to those um uh those massive libraries all at once but that's when if you wanted to purchase particular types of stuff you purchased either digital copies or dvds or whatever and you maintain them on a library and then somewhere along the line we thought oh streaming is just going to be this really great idea the problem is is now it's just not sustainable 
it's not sustainable for anyone. Disney, I think, had an upper hand above anybody else, and even they're struggling because they have such a backlog. But at a certain point, when you make the backlog of content available at all times for anybody, whenever they want to watch it, it is no longer special. And that is the thing that they ruined, I think, was it used to be vaulted. It used to be hidden away. You couldn't. There were certain times you couldn't get it unless you owned it. Now you can get it whenever you want. Here's the other thing, though. the The other funny thing that we and forget, they had an introductory like, price of seven dollars a month. Like that yeah, was the yeah. other thing. I remember talking about that. Going, what? Sorry, go ahead. It. You can get these films at like your local library. Yes. Um. And or you know someone that has it and you borrow it. Or so it's in your basement on VHS DVD version one, two, four, five, or Blu-ray one, eight, seven. Eight. How, how many times was it the diamond edition, the gold edition, the signature oh, yes, collection, yes. the Walt Disney special collection? Like, but it, 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 it was that, I, I think honestly, it would have been more successful had they said $7 a month for the backlog of existing content and we'll add the new seasons of things as mm -hmm. they come on. What is killing streaming, in my opinion, is that there's this arms race to who is going to have the best original yes. content. Yes, yes. And, 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 and specific content. And they tried to release it, you know, once a week. Why? Because then you can't buy it and binge watch it. But here's well, what's happening. Well, not everyone, though. Some, some of the streamers have followed that model. Others, like Netflix, just throw it out there at once. Yeah. So continue. Yeah. Well, part of it, Netflix, because they were the first, they're king in all this. They're doing fine. In terms okay. of this, in terms of uh, uh, like other streamers, they're doing fine. Yes. Um. Whereas now, like if you want to watch, Casey, if you want to watch the Mandalorian season or the upcoming Ahsoka season, okay, maybe you don't like, let's say you're not a Disney Plus subscriber, but you really want to watch it. Okay, maybe you don't watch it when it comes out, but let's yeah, you wait and then you. But let's you, say that yes. you do. Let's, for argument's sake, say that you want to see every single episode. So you're paying for what two months of Disney Plus, and then you cancel. So what you've given the Disney company thirty, forty dollars, forty bucks. Well, remember when it first came out, they they looped everybody in with uh, buy two years get one year free, which I thought was majorly smart on their part. Like, oh yeah. That, that to me made the most sense. See, I think what they should do is they, uh, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to be in the business of, of trying to predict right now. I don't know what they can do. All I know is that they're, 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 there's, a, there's a whole heap of trouble. They've invested a lot of money in this and it's not paying off. And it's not just Disney. Uh, yeah. HBO, oh, yeah. HBO did the same thing with the rebranding of this Max and um, they got rid of some of their like their most popular original content. For example, Westworld completely removed off of Max. You cannot get it. You know why? Because they can license it out to other free services for more than they would get off of Max. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. All it's, right, it's it's wild. All right, let's shift to other news real quick. We're actually, gonna, hey. in a lot of ways, this is actually that's a good kind of segue into what we're going to talk about a little bit, which is a really old movie, which we'll yeah. talk about. But before we go there, some news, Disney news that, that has come out, um, just more recent stuff. Uh, so number one, uh, Tiana's uh, place uh, is opening up in Disneyland on September 23rd. Did you see that? Don't know why it's taken them so long to do something like this. This was a slam dunk. <laughs> like, uh -huh, uh -huh, oh, she owns uh -huh. a restaurant. We should just make that. <laughs> well, you know what's ironic? The restaurant in the movie is actually modeled after the previous restaurant that was there. That's funny. <laughs> it's it's just complete, you know, like, so why it's taking them this long to do it, I have no idea. It makes no sense. But I think even bigger news, which probably excited you, is the news about Batu West and who's coming to do meet and greets in Batu. Did you see that? Uh, yes, of course. Um, so, I mean, any, Ahsoka. Any, any character I'm excited about, but, I mean, Ahsoka being, uh, again, if you go back, way back, this would be way back. And listen to my Ahsoka is a top five character in Star Wars for me. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of um, people, yeah, I'd be which very... is ironic given that she's never once been in any of the nine movies. Yeah, other than been... her voice, other than her voice in 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 uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I I'm so excited for Ahsoka the series that comes out this whole this week. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first two episodes what dropped Tuesday I think. Yes, and yeah. or I don't know whatever whatever day it is. Yeah. Um, but it's um. 
first two episodes. Gotta love that. Love that they do the two episode premiere. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that Disney smartly is going, people want to meet the characters. They don't want to be in a timeline. Just throw the characters, throw as many Star Wars characters as you possibly can into those places for meet and greets. Get out some really odd ones and people will go gaga for them. Like it, it, it's. Yeah. It, Bring it, out some of the originals. Bring out some of the stuff from the original series. The pre- Yeah. I mean, okay, fine. Maybe you don't want them from a storytelling perspective on the same days to where they're yeah. like, you know, oh, yeah, you've yeah. got where you've got Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader right next to it. That doesn't make any sense, right? But would love to meet just an Anakin Skywalker and an Obi-Wan Kenobi together, right? I would love to, I mean, Darth Vader, I think people are used to meeting, but, you know, Anakin, bring out Emperor Palpatine, man. Come yeah. on. How awesome oh, would man. that be? I would, with I the, would with the uh, Imperial Guards? Good Lord. Yeah. The Praetorian oh. Guards? I think that would be, I think this is goes to what we talked about on the pod uh, several months back, Matt, which is, I think there's only so much immersion that the average guest is willing to accept. I think we talked about this when we talked the news about the the Star Cruiser closing. There's yeah. only so much immersion that a typical guest is willing to accept. At a certain point, you, you can't. It is impossible unless you are like going full on LARP. You know, like it is LARP live action role playing. For those yeah, yeah. who don't know what that is. Um, unless you're going full on LARP and everyone's bought into being in character in this moment at all times, there's only so much immersion that the Disney creative side can do. And well, so and you have this amazing property. Sorry, uh, go you're, you're good. You're good. You've got this amazing property, this amazing asset in Batu West, Batu East with two amazing attractions that who cares if they're tied to a particular timeline, make them evergreen. Right, make them evergreen. You know, make the Millennium Falcon run evergreen. Make makes Star Tours should have been in there. It absolutely should have been. You could have rebranded it as a Star Tours. You know, you're going to go on vacation. Like you could have rebranded it in Batu, however you wanted to. So I'm just glad to see that they're that they're finally realizing that and they're going to use this asset the way it should have been used. Well, and by extension, um, you know, the reason why immersion works in with smaller groups of people, like escape mm-hmm. rooms can be fully immersive because you're only trying to immerse eight people. Mm-hmm. How many people are in a Disney park at any given time? Exactly. That you're trying to immerse. And, um, and now that's what makes these big LARPing sessions. So like amazing to watch. I've seen sometimes them in parks and things like that. And I stop and watch and they're so amazing because a large group of people has bought into this. Whereas it it it's it the more people you try to buy in to get involved in something, the less likely it is that they're all going to buy in. Absolutely, one hundred, one hundred percent. Bring the and I just bring all the I'm rare, just, like give bring them all. I'm just I'm just happy that that they're just they're realizing that the fan base of I liked the sequels. I did. You all know that. I'm on record. I think they're great. Disney, I think, tried to, I don't want to say erase, but shove into a corner fandom that wasn't of the sequels. Oh, you're a fan of the original series? That's fine, but we've got our series over here that we're really going to heavily promote. Or, you know, oh, you like the prequel series? Uh, Well, you know, but still, I want you to look over here. It's Again, it's that misdirection, you know, that you see in the classic rides of we're going to shift your attention over here. Yeah, this is still over here, but we don't want you to focus on that. We want you to focus over here. And there was such an uprising, and we all know how toxic Star Wars fans can be. We've talked about it, but some of their grievances, I think, were legitimate. And so now I think Disney, look, you own this property. Just bring the attention back to a broader focus and buy back some of that goodwill or buy back some goodwill from the, the fandom. I and I think it will pay dividends. Yeah. Galactic Star Cruiser. Do you think that like that turns into like some type of ride and maybe they focus it on a different time period? Well, I've read two or experience. Things. No, well, I've, I've read two things. Thing number one I've read is they have to, they actually have to d- demolish it they have to demolish the building because of the write-off they're taking but then i've read other things that said well maybe they can repurpose it for something else disney just make it a hotel just make (laughs) it a star wars hotel a regular star wars hotel moderate level 
just make it a moderate don't go deluxe you got plenty of deluxe on property make it a moderate level hotel have you know some of the not, you know just like you do with kind of like the monsters inc laugh lore or turtle cock with crush i don't have to see luke skywalker or obi-wan checking me in anyone from the star wars universe is checking me in would be a blast right or not um, even even not like an actual character but like a, just like a mon calamari just well, unnamed i don't no, care that, if that that's mon what calamari's I'm saying. name that's is what I'm jim saying. yeah I, i'm saying there are jim so the mon many, calamari you know there are so just just have some fun with it serve some of the dishes that you were serving on the star cruiser in the food court make yeah. a make a a, a, a a table service restaurant in the food court and have a food court like i i i don't know i i it's like Disney, stop trying to be extra. <laughs> like, <laughs> it comes down to like, stop trying to be this extra. This is easier man. than we're making it. <laughs> yes. Like, come on. All right. Anyway, you had some fun last uh, Friday night with the new trading oh. card game. Ta what What is this? So um, if you're in Disney circles, you have probably heard of Disney Lorcana. You were the first I, first I had heard of it was from you. So, yeah. Um, this is a new trading card game. Um, very, very popular right now amongst the trading card community. Um, let me say this. Cause I think we're going to do, I, I would love to do an episode on this. So I don't want to well, have to, you'll have to come back, come over to the house or I'll have to come over there and we'll have to play it live. Like we did villainous, but, but Casey, do I have <clears throat> enough cards for both of us to build decks? Uh, oh, wait, uh, no, uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Is it kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh? So or Pokemon or magic. It, 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 it's kind of like that. Okay. But what I love about it is this is my tease for this episode. It is something that you can, I would say, probably an eight-year-old could comprehend and understand, mm -hmm. but has deeper strategy that if you're into strategy things, mm -hmm. um, it's super fun. The theming, don't even get me started. There are cards that are actions that are song names that characters can sing the songs in order to... Uh, it's uh, oh one my of God. my um one uh, of my it's so groups good. one of the groups that I'm in, um, one of the ladies got into it and she said she pulled a super rare, like iridescent yeah. stitch card. Yeah, it's like three hundred dollars right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, she um, said she pulled it. So there's like six or eight of them. I don't remember. I've been trying to pull one. I have not. <laughs> How um, many packs do you have? I, I, I'm not revealing that on. Oh, on come on. <laughs> you're, afraid, you're afraid your wife's listening. <laughs> uh, I know she doesn't listen to this. Uh, um, oh, she, I'm, I'm, she listens from time to time. I'm, 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 I've opened right. up more. Okay. Than, okay. I've opened up more than 50. Let's, let's take an, oh, how many? 50. How much are these per pack? Uh, you know, <laughs> five, like five bucks. A little bit higher, but not too much. Um, oh, now, let, okay. Let me, I, no judgment. No judgment. Let me say this. I, I did go I mean, to. I just bought two hundred and fifty dollars in candles. So yeah. Now, part <laughs> of this, I did get some packs from the event, that, event I that, to, the to. that I go to, the store that I go to. I paid for the event, which included the packs, and then the event. How many then... packs do you need to get started? Just one. Um. So the nice thing that you can get is you can actually buy starter decks. Yeah. Um. That are pre-made decks, and I would recommend maybe looking for those. I'm gonna go to Target it's a, and check it's this a, out. It's a sixty-card minimum deck. Oh, um. Okay. And there's six different. So you need colors. at least twelve. How, how many? How many cards come per pack? Uh. There's twelve in a booster pack. So you need at least. You need at least five packs that get started really well, unless you kinda, buy a starter because there's starter six deck. different colors, and you can you pick two colors and make a deck out of that. Okay. So you kind of got to make sure. So there, yeah, there's three like what's called pre-con decks, pre-constructed decks. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to get into the game and wanting to just play right now, go out and get one of those pre-constructed decks. They might be a little bit hard to find right now because it's so popular, but I know like my local game store had some. Okay. I don't know if they still have some, but um, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be talking about this because it is. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to. We're we're gonna have to get together so we can play. Uh, because I had a great time. Um, if you're a Disney fan, it's it's super fun. I, I, honestly, some of it is yes, I'm having fun with the game, but also I'm like wanting to collect the cards as like a Disney collector as well, mm -hmm. um, because they do look very very nice and are. Um, if you know the Disney movies, um, you're you're going to be very delighted at those cards. All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna have to check this out and see if my local target store has got one i don't know 
Yeah, I know right, it's, well, been, it's been really limited. Like the parks were supposed to sell them and they didn't get the allocation in time. Mm, so, mm. All right, well, let's shift gears yes. uh, and, and move into our featured topic for the day. Um, I, I know it's odd. I, I know you're probably going, wait a second, Casey. Wizard of Oz is not a Disney movie and you would absolutely be correct. But that said, it does have, um, even the original has some roots or should I say extended roots or extended branches that do go into Disney lower and that the great movie ride, um, it was featured on the great movie ride when that was still in existence. And beyond that, many of the subsequent sequels and or remakes and or just retellings of the story have been owned and or produced by the Walt Disney Company. And so Matt pitched the idea of talking about the uh, Oz, the great and powerful. Initially, I said, you know what, let's broaden that out and talk a little bit about and have a discussion about the Wizard of Oz as a whole and why subsequent versions of the movie have not been as successful. Because a lot of people don't realize this, Matt. There is a direct sequel to the 1939 movie that Disney produced in 1985 called Return to Oz. It is mm -hmm. a direct sequel, and it is based on much of the source material that the movie is based on, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by uh, uh, L. Frank, uh, Frank L. L. Frank Baum, L. Frank Albaum. I got to remember how it's pronounced here. Hold on. Hang on. Uh, I got. I got it. Uh, right. L. Frank Baum. L. Frank Baum. So the, you know, there, there's a sequel that Disney produced back in 1985. So I, I, I think let's just start there. When did you well, first ever see The Wizard of Oz? Oh, I don't even remember. I mean, I was a kid. Um, I remember it was like, a tradition on, on Easter to watch that. I'm sure I saw it. Like I, I saw it sometime when I was a kid, but I don't remember when. But also, this is one of those movies that before I saw it. I knew the pop cult like it was one mm -hmm. of those like even if you've never seen this movie you know the pop culture reference yeah, follow the yellow brick road and you know don't uh, look behind the curtain and mm -hmm. oh what a world what a world there's you know? no place like home there's no place like Ruby home. red shoes yep, like it, yep. you can probably show a the idea of a good witch versus a bad witch even our modern definition and our modern visual of what a wicked witch technically is supposed to look like originates from this movie because that was not what she was originally supposed to look like in the original book she's short she's got one eye she's got an eye patch she's not green skinned like none of that was in the book that came from this movie the green skin by the way was because um it was the, one of the very first movies ever shot in technicolor and they wanted to show off the technicolor yeah it was just so, like, like our modern interpretation of, of a wicked witch comes from this movie, right? Yeah. I remember you're probably a little bit younger and, and because of how young you are compared to where I'm at, you might not remember this, but there was a period, you know, we talk about, again, going back to this idea of streaming and movies and stuff. There was a period when the networks once a year, one of the networks, whether it was ABC or NBC, whoever, would show the Wizard of Oz in its entirety on a Sunday night when I was a kid. And this was a tradition from the 70s and the 80s. They would show the, the, the Wizard of Oz is of that era, kind of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves or Gone with the Wind or Casablanca, where yeah. when a movie was produced, it was an event, right? This movie is part of that. So when they would re-air this, there were fifty movies coming out in no, one weekend. <laughs> no, so so like when this would air on the networks, it was an event. It was an epic event. If you could probably YouTube the 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 the, the promo spots on the network TVs from the eighties or nineties or even seventies, I don't know. The epic event comes back to ABC this Sunday night. Watch with your family. And it almost was always like a holiday event or a spring event or something. I don't know. It's very similar to how Ten Commandments would come on oh, during yes. for Sunday. Remember that? <laughs> so same idea. Oh, yeah. And everyone would sit around and they would watch The Wizard of Oz on a Sunday night. And then sure enough, that would be what was talked about the next day. I remember that as a kid. I remember watching it with my mom. And then I remember when I got the VH, we got the VHS set. And we would watch it over and over and over again. It it was it was this epic event that 
people clamored for that frankly you don't get anymore because it's just there yeah i mean it's the tv movie is something that kids will never understand like that whole wonderful world of the michael eisner hello um you know when he would come on and introduce Mm -hmm. the movie for the night and you'd watch it with your family like that's just not a thing anymore because having to put together uh you know get get here at eight seven central or you'll miss it like now again with streaming you're just like i will just watch it now um but yeah these tv movies were events in our life sound of music that was another one which one sound of music yeah i've never seen it i've never seen it you've never seen sound i have of never music? sounded i know 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 well my my podcast partner chris will tell you that he doesn't think it's that great so oh, um... chris oh goodness uh, gracious uh, uh, you know yeah the one who does our network tag at the end um, um <laughs> but no you're right it, like, it's all of that era I would even say, um, you know, Mary Poppins kind of falls into that. That, and I think we 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 got we got to stop here. What do you know of Sound of Music? I'm curious. This is a good pop culture thing. What are the pop culture things that you know from Sound of Music, having never seen it? Sorry, I'm going off the tangent. No, that's I'm really okay. That's this. okay. I know that there's a moment where she's in the hills and she puts her hands up and goes, "The hills alive with the sound of music." And the only reason I know that is because it's in Moulin Rouge. Okay, okay. That's the only yes. reason. That is the only thing I know about the movie. That's the only thing you know. Like, do you know any other songs from the movie? No, because I think "Supercalifragilistic" is Mary Poppins. That, that's Mary Poppins. Um. Uh, uh, I think it's the, just Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music is the only one I know. Like the the Wait, that's from that? Yeah. That's a Christmas song. A few of my favorite no, that's a Christmas song. That is not a Christmas song. It is. They only play it at Christmas. I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 but yeah, no no no. They're like scared through a storm and she's trying to like come Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't um, this okay, wait, don't they like ride a bed or something? Ride a bed? Don't aren't no. they don't they like fly on a magic bed? No. I thought they did. What are you They're, talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Like bed knobs and broomsticks. Is that the same movie, right? Yeah, no, no, no. That's a very different movie. Um, uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Uh, bad day here, folks. Bad day. Back to the lonely goat herd. That one? Nope. Never heard of it. So long, farewell, Alvidas and Wait, that's from that? Yes. Okay, I know that song, kind of, sort of. Um, uh, yeah, and then like you know, they're they have to escape the Nazis, and the nuns help them. Wait, there's Nazis in that? Yes, this is this really is, this, is, this is set in 1939. Wait, is this the one with the flying nun? No, isn't Sally Field in this? She's got the flying nun. No, 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 no. Oh. no, Sally Field's in it. You know, you isn't there? Isn't Sally Field play a fly, flying nun? In Seventeen. No, Sally no. Field's. I mean, I'm sure Sally Field played a nun. So this is Julie Andrews, Christopher Plummer. I don't know who Christopher Plummer is. I'm sorry. Oh, Christopher Plummer. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know this stuff. I don't. I, oh I man, am, this okay. Is... So I am really, really bad. Oh, I know Christopher Plummer. I know Honestly, him as I'm... an old guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've seen Christopher Plummer in things. Um, I know him from. Let me see here. I'm looking at this stuff. View all. Let's see here. Oh, he was a national treasure. So yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah absolutely. Um, okay. So <laughs> it's Christopher Plummer from National Treasure. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> he I like all these other movies I've never seen. Sound of Music, Inside Man, All the Money in the World, Up, Knives Out, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Elsa and Fred. Don't know any of those. The exception, Waterloo, A Beautiful Mind. I've heard of it, but never seen it. Oh man. Um oh was he in you know how I think I might know him? Was he in a minority report? Inside Man's a good a good movie. Minority report. Okay, we are way off track here. Okay. All right. Here's my I think the point you're trying to make is that these are like at least they should be. Uh <laughs> these are like epic moments in history or events yes. that that people come around. I, I think okay, part of my problem with like sound of music that is it, just that it came out before my time. My parents really weren't into it. I I, I don't know. You same with like Mary Poppins. I didn't see Mary Poppins until after I saw uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Like that was mm-hmm. one. 
Um, I've never seen White Christmas. I've never really? seen okay. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Like, so those are things like I know people love them and they're like really important, but you know, I, I have an idea at least somewhat of what those are about, although I get those two confused a lot. But again, like you them. know, like that's another thing that you can you know the pop culture stuff yeah. from them. I so. believe the one thing I do know about Sound of Music, or at least I think I heard, was that Sound of Music actually filmed before Mary Poppins, but Mary Poppins came out first because of some kind of delay or something and then sound of music came out afterwards i can't remember i, I don't know about that yeah but but okay so anyway. all right so, so anyway talking about wizard of oz wizard of oz becomes this this absolutely just epic like just um uh crazy popular movie that gets re-released and at a budget of 2.8 million dollars star julie garland took in 29.7 million dollars at the box office but again has become this this societal just um uh, mainstay that has just far-reaching implications in the way that we think about life and the way that we you know we imagine life the idea of the technicolor versus the black and white all this stuff it actually was not from what i understand the first wizard of oz movie actually made they actually tried to make some prior to that they just failed i think they even had a, a um a silent version of wizard of oz at one point but then throughout history throughout the decades that followed um you know, it, it, it had successes. And then at some point, Disney decides in the 1980s to say, we're going to make a sequel to this. Go Disney. Um, I love sequels. Um, I remember seeing this movie. Have you ever seen Return to Oz? I have not. <laughs> okay. It is on Disney Plus. So Ooh, okay. it is on Disney Plus because it's a Disney movie. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, read this just kind of the, the 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 description here. Return to Oz is a 1985 dark fantasy film released by Walt Disney Pictures, co-written and directed by Walter Murch. Um, the film is an quote unofficial sequel to the 1939 MGM film The Wizard of Oz and is based on L. Frank Baum's early 20th century Oz novels, mainly The Marvelous Land of Oz and Ozma of Oz. Now, did you ever have to read The Wonderful Wizard of Oz when you were in elementary school? No, I never had to read the book. So I read the book when I, was, I had to do a book report on it when I was in elementary school. It is a, as is the case with most movies, the book is vastly different than, than the, book the movie is a trip. itself. <laughs> the, the book is very much a trip. I mean, it's a great book. It, it, it's a phenomenal book. And it's, but for a nine-year-old reading that book, you can. Oh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's awesome, right? It, there are literally, uh, when it comes to the number of novels that have been written um, over the years, um, there are close to like 30 different novels that have been written over the years, or maybe even more, um, of The Wizard of Oz in this entire universe. We talk about universe building, right? And it started with L. Frank, L. Frank, uh, Frank Baum, and then I believe it was his son who continued it. And I do believe now there's another, like, estate that's doing it or whatever. And they actually continue to this day. They're still being written. But this particular sequel, they they wanted to basically follow up the, the sequel to the – they wanted to follow up to the movie from 1939, but because it was Disney and not MGM, it was an unofficial sequel. So they referenced stuff from the movie, which could also be referenced in the books. In the book, yeah, yeah. But then they also pulled from um, like two different sources. So let me just give you the basic rundown of, of the sequel since you've never seen it, okay? Okay. So – it's um, about a year or so after Dorothy has traveled to the land of Oz, unlike the movie where she's a teenager in this particular movie, she's like 10 years old ah. and um, she's the tornado had wrecked the farm. They're rebuilding the farm and M and uncle Henry are still there. She's having bad nightmares. Um, and then one night she sees a shooting star and she goes out and she basically finds this key with the word Oz written on it. And she's like, Aunt Em and Uncle Henry, you know, this is my friends in Oz. They're telling me they're in trouble. I've got to get back. And basically Aunt Em has enough of it. And it's like, look, this didn't happen. And she takes her to a psychiatrist. She takes her to a, a, a basically imagine a 19, like 1912s. 1910s version of us <laughs> well they, they they basically are going to try to put her through electrotherapy to make her forget it's oh, kind of awesome. scary well oh. so while she's there she runs into this girl 
who we don't know who she is. She's this mysterious girl. And this girl helps her escape. She, she knows her name. She knows it's Dorothy. And she helps her escape out the window. And she starts running. The nurse in the, the, the psychiatric facility ends up playing a bigger part in Oz, much like the original movie where they play double parts. But anyway, she jumps into the river. She knocks herself out, or at least that's what, that's what we think happens. But she actually travels and she lands back in Oz. And from there, basically, she, uh, oh, by the way, she's got a chicken with her, a talking chicken. Oh, a chick, a talking yeah, chicken. A talking chicken. Yeah. Uh, a talking chicken named, uh, let me see here. What is her name? Um, do, 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 do. Where are you? Uh, Toto is, Toto is, not, uh, Toto's there too, but the chicken's name is Belina. Oh, okay. Belina the chicken. Belina okay, the chicken. great. But basically, more or less, everything she's seen in the in Oz is kind of a representation of what she saw while she was at the psychiatric hospital. So um, there's these characters called the Wheelers, and they've got wheels on their hands, and they squeak and they scream at her. And it's basically that they're played by the same character who played the um, the orderly at the psychiatric hospital. The the witch named Mombi is the same lady who played the nurse at the psychiatric hospital. But more or less, what what ends up happening is, is when when Dorothy left Oz, the slippers, the ruby slippers, which, by the way, they weren't allowed to use ruby slippers in the movie because they actually were originally silver slippers in ah. the film. But because, again, MGM wanted to show off the color, they made them ruby in the movie. So these were still silver slippers, but they fell off of her. And they landed in the lap of the gnome king, basically ah. this, this rock kind of king. And he put them on, which is really like funny. you do when shoes just fall yep. out of the he sky. He put them on. <laughs> and basically, all everything in the land of Oz has turned to rock, has turned to stone. And she left and abandoned them. Scarecrows turned to rock. Tin Man's frozen. Cowardly Lion turned to rock. Uh, Gnome King has allowed this witch named Mombi to rule in the palace, and she's got like 20 different heads, severed heads of the, the women who dance that she can oh, put gosh. on her head. So she can change her heads whenever she wants. It's it's a really creepy movie, oh. but it's it's kind of developed a cult following over the years. And it's got a young, you might know the actress who played, played Dorothy, it's got a very young Feruza Bulk. Oh, yeah, uh, I know who that is. You no, know, so she played in the craft, and she's played some other stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's very young in this movie. It bombed. It's <laughs> all I got to say. It yeah, <laughs> bombed horribly at the box office. It eleven million dollars. I'm sorry, budget was twenty eight million dollars. It only took in eleven million dollars at the box office. Um, again, it's developed a cult following. So I guess as we kind of talk through this, Matt, and, and we can start to wrap in Oz the Great and Powerful into this here in a minute, but she came later. Why do you think it is that very little attempt has been made to remake? I feel like The Wizard of Oz is ripe for the making in this day and age, but in the same regard, very little attempts have been made to really do it up. And or in the time since the 30s, the ones that have haven't been all that successful. I think that, um, you know, we are in the age of remakes, obviously. And so it seems like, well, why aren't these films being remade? But if you look at kind of well, the ones that we've talked about, no one's like been like, we need to remake The Sound of Music. No one's mm -hmm. been saying we need to remake Casablanca, Gone with the Wind. No one's saying we need to remake those. And I think it's because of what you're saying, where these are Tent films of that time period that are just very, very difficult to then say, and we're going to update this for the new generation. Mm -hmm. I, I think they were. And, and while I think that the wizard of Oz is still um, pertinent in today's culture, I don't think it's as big of a thing as something as other in, in terms of like outside of the movie, I don't think it, 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 it permeates our culture that much. That's and fair. So I think that's now, a very fair. I, I think there'd also be a more than. Uh, I, I think there'd be an amazingly like uprising of people just if you tried to do any of those, wh whether it was Casablanca, Sound of Music, 
Um, I think you were able maybe to get away with the Mary Poppins remake because or, or, or sequel because it was just that it was a sequel. It wasn't yeah, really it was a, a sequel. remake, yeah, right? Yeah, not a remake. I think yeah. if you were, I think if they would announce, hey, we're remaking Mary Poppins, it would have mm-hmm. been. It, it, no one, no one would have been it, been happy with that. So that's kind of territory with Oz the Great and Powerful then, because that wasn't really a remake. It also exactly. wasn't a sequel, but it was a prequel. It was well, kind of like what happened to Oz to get him to Oz. And here's the key with it. Um, you know, this comes on the coattails of the Broadway musical Wicked, mm-hmm, which. Mm-hmm. In so you're talking, you know, this is in 2011, January 2011. Um, the London Broadway and both American touring productions simultaneously broke their respective records for highest weekly gross. And in the final week of 2013, it it, it broke the record again. So, I mean, yep. I think that part of the reason that Disney thought that this was going, this was the right time to do it is Wicked is taking over Broadway. Yes. And um, and still to this day is a very, very popular musical. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, some of the I I think the reason why Wicked has been so successful is that and and this actually goes to a broader, I think. A broader use of the universe. First of all, some of this content is in the copyright free zone at this point because of how old it is. Right. But I think there there have been some attempts wicked being one of them where using that universe has been successful and and i'm actually going to be very clear oz the great and powerful it actually wasn't like a flop i mean it, it was a 215 million dollar budget it grossed three uh 493 million so people actually did go out and see it yeah. but from a ratings perspective and i come down here to the reception Critical response, uh, 57% approval rating, which I guess for 2013, you know, not, just, not, not horrible. It was just it was okay. Just okay. It was okay. Yeah. Cause this, this to me, from what I gather, and I could, uh, this in my research is what I gather. This movie is about how the wizard yes. comes to us. Yes. So this And is... why the wicked witch becomes a little bit more the way she is. Although I will say the frustrating part with that is it's, it's at odds with wicked, which it talks about how she comes into play. Exactly. And I, and I wonder if that was a big reason mm-hmm. why had they left the wicked, witch part of it out of yes. it and yes. just focused on the wizard. I wonder if that would have kind of propelled this because you're right. Like very much the reason that this, this, the wicked, witch becomes evil is because she's manipulated into thinking that the magician that is becomes the wizard who she has a crush on is like playing, you know, with a, is, is playing her and getting with a bunch of other women. And that kind of just mm-hmm. infuriates her, which is, I think she a, starts to turn green with envy. I think, yes. I think that's ultimately yeah. what ends up happening. And, it's just well, and the thing just is, is a lame reason. If you think about the various, the various plots as to how, the witch uh, from Wicked, I think it's Alphaba is what she's called. Alphaba, yes. Uh, Alphaba, yeah. Um, different in this one. It's not the same same name. Um, but even like go back to our conversation about Once Upon a Time, there's a whole different storyline there about how she becomes the Wicked yeah. Witch, right? Like that's a whole different thing altogether as well. I, I think this is one of those times where there will never be any continuity. And I think unless MGM were to come out and say, we are making a direct sequel. To, yeah. to our movie at which point this is our universe or a direct prequel which this is our universe there actually have been besides wicked there was one other attempt at kind of working in that universe that i want to call out that i found absolutely amazing that i was enthralled with um back in 2007 did you ever see the tnt miniseries the Ten man i didn't see it but i know what you're talking about so it's just called Ten Man, and it was a miniseries that went over, I want to say, three or four nights. And it it's about this woman from a small town uh, named DG, which I'll talk about in a second. <laughs> DG. Oh, that's, that's not she was, subtle. <laughs> but she was played by Zoe Deschanel. Yep. So here's, here's the cast. Just listen to this cast. Alan Cumming, Zoe Deschanel, Richard Dreyfuss, oh, Anna gosh. Galvin. Um, Ted Whitehall, Neil um, McDonald's in this. Oh, th- th- this 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 
series was I was enthralled with it. it. It's like a six or seven hour series. Like, mind you, this is before streaming. This was on cable TV. It was a mini series, right? Oh yeah. But basically, the, the the gist of it is she gets she gets somehow she finds herself in Oz, and she's trying to figure out how to get home. She runs into all these characters, none of which are in the books. This is basically like a fan fiction continuity. But basically what you end up finding out is that DG is related to the original Dorothy Gale. Like you keep hearing about the Great Gale, the Great Gale. You think it's the tornado, but no, it's Dorothy Gale, the original the original Dorothy. Then you learn about what she did. You learn about – and they pay homage to – what she did when she was there, but this is literally generations removed from that mm. original scenario. They even do this really amazing scene where where DG goes into like the crypt uh, where Dorothy's buried, and she basically encounters the ghost of Dorothy. And, oh gosh! Like it? No, it's really cool though. It's it's it. I, this was one of my absolute favorite retellings of the story mm. in the way that they do it. And the and and basically the the gist of it is is that DG is a descendant she somehow gets basically in reverse she gets swept away when she's a kid and taken over to earth while her sister remains in oz her sister ah. becomes the, becomes the problem and yeah it's it, it's a really cool it's a really cool movie or a miniseries i actually own it on dvd of all, all things. right I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to find it and, and let you see it but i i think you'd really enjoy it yeah but i think matt that this is one of those times where we will never see true continuity like ever because it's out, it's in the public domain. People yeah. kind of are able to tell the stories the way they want to. I, I And this is one of those times that I think that um, movie companies need to just keep their hands off of it. Like, I think something like you just described, I'm on board. Yeah. Something that, you know, is, is fan fiction ish, totally off the wall, pays homage, but isn't the same thing. I think what kind of ha caused people to slam the brakes on this Oz the Great and Powerful was that when it was kind of like, oh, Disney's going to remake it, everyone was like, whoa, no, no, no. And of course, part of the other reason that this film gets so much, you know, uh, on, and especially Judy Garland's performance is because of Judy Garland's untimely death. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so, you know, that there's that element in there as well, that whoever was going to play Dorothy um, was going to have that to deal with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember seeing Oz the Great and Powerful, and it's it's fun. Like, it's a very fun movie. I um, swear there was going to be, and I can't find anything on it, Wizard of Oz animated film. I swear there was, or there was going to be, or here it is here. Is this it? Uh, no, that's not it. I swear that there was posters for a, like, a Wizard of Oz film animated movie that was going to be released in like the 2010s and i see nothing on this like is this like one of those weird mandela effect things maybe <laughs> i mean there's a legends of oz from 2013 dorothy's return but that's not it i swear maybe it was just the way maybe i'm thinking of the the oz the great and powerful and maybe that's yeah. just what it was i don't know but yeah i'm with you i just i think that I, you're right Judy Gar Julie Garland, she was, she was. This was back when stars were stars way back yeah. when. Oh, and, yeah. You know that was a big deal back then. And you know she ended up having Eliza Minnelli, and you know like it just there's I don't know. There, yeah, um, there's a lot there. I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. So we talked about these tentpole movies, these these epic movie events. Do you think? This is a two-part question. Do you think we are past the point of ever seeing that type of movie ever again? And if the answer is yes, when was the last one that you think we actually had? I would say no is my answer. Okay. So um, because kind of I do think... So what recent movies would you classify as like an epic moment in movie history? I guess, you know, maybe this is an overreaction, but 
the Barbie movie has been something Ooh, that I've okay. seen so many people getting <laughs> I dressed up. I don't mean to laugh, but that's just funny to think Barbie, but you're right. Yeah, okay, continue. But yeah, it's people got dressed up for it. Yeah. People were going to see it in groups. People were going to see it multiple times. People were going, I'm like, it, 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 it very much, it, it, true it cultural phenomenon. In, it was a true cultural type phenomenon. I think Endgame had this where, okay. you know, everyone was seeing this, this movie and, you know, the reactions in the theater were just this, these epic roars. And yeah, I, I was thinking Endgame too, kind of, as I was thinking through, I was thinking Endgame. I was thinking maybe like Avatar when it came out back in two. I don't think yeah. the new, maybe the new one, but definitely the first, one. definitely the first one. I agree. The, with the you new there. one, maybe potentially. Right. Um, I didn't think about Barbie though. I, it's definitely not to the like you know the the hugeness of it all. I don't think we're all going to be sitting around going like, you know, Barbie. You know, the Barbie movie is one of the greatest movies that has ever been created. Mm -hmm. But I just think from a like cultural phenomenon type thing, it it it, it is going to be something that like ten years from now I could I could tell someone. Yeah, I remember when this movie was released. And people were dressing up all in pink and people were going like it it was a people. It's almost going... like it's almost yeah. like the way um it's almost like the way Rocky Horror Picture Show has kind of become a cultural phenomenon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um I I I'm I think they there's but but I think it, to to then kind of further the point though, where it's not gonna be the same is but that movie's not gonna be shown on TV every year. And everyone's going to stop, sit down and watch this movie. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's this the, like to use the Barbie movie as an example. It's going to be a one time thing. And then it, it's it's going to be done. Like it, it, there's there's no I don't think there's any lasting effects of that. Um, you don't it, think people are going to it's not going to be a, a, a world like everyone sits around, watches at the same time. I, those days are gone. No yeah. matter what, not just movies, TV shows. You don't have the events of the MASH finale anymore. Yeah. Or R Roots, the miniseries when it well, came and, out I mean, in the 70s. Like well, you don't I have remember, those moments. anymore. I remember vaguely, 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 vaguely when I was a kid when Friends ended. And it was on the night of choir rehearsal at my church. Mm -hmm. And people were like, we got to get out of here because we have to go home and watch this Friends finale because this was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, you know, these these like, you know, series finales were were huge. And I remember when Lost was a thing. Oh, my gosh, you were you were at your TV at this time. And when was a commercial, you ran to the bathroom mm -hmm. and someone would yell, it's back on. And you'd have to come running back in. And because and, because if, if you missed it, if, mm -hmm. if, if 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 you did not, I mean, yeah, there wasn't on demand. You could TiVo was kind of there. Yeah. And like VCR it, but, recording, but you, but you, you didn't want to. Yeah. You didn't want to. You didn't want to be the one literally at the office the next day or working or at school where someone to spoil. I mean, social media wasn't a thing at that point. Yeah. So, but people would spoil it, right? You know, it, it's, it really is interesting. You're, I, I didn't really think about Barbie, but you're right. Barbie is one of those moments in history where we, we, we are seeing, I don't even think they set out thinking it was going to be no. like that. Um. Did you hear, who was it? Was it? Ryan Gosling, one of the actors, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the actors from the movie, um, I, I guess Mattel or whoever made the movie wanted to give him, I, I don't know if it was like just an upfront amount of money versus a percentage of the contract or whatever. And whoever it was said, no, you know what? No. And he took a percentage of it instead. Smart move. I don't remember who, I swear I just read this story. Yeah. But anyway. I don't think they set out thinking this was going to be a world-changing movie. I don't necessarily think it's a world-changing movie, but it's definitely a tentpole for for the for the for us. Like again, I I think like this could be this this is going to be something that you could say, "Hey, remember 10 years ago when we all dressed up in our pink mm -hmm. outfits and there's going to be pictures of like in yeah. somebody's photo album or on a photo montage that's like, "Yep, this is when we went to go see the Barbie movie." Like yeah. it's it, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, you know, it, it it's yeah, I just think it's that that's just different now. Like we're not we don't have that that, you know, the epicness of the of the these movies that 
And for a lot of the, the TV movies, it was because, you know, if you didn't have it on DVD or VHS, there was no way to get it. Mm-hmm. And not everyone owned a DVD player or VHS player. And so TV movies were the thing. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I, I you know, I, we didn't really talk a whole lot about Wizard of Oz, but I think in the grand scheme of thing, it fits into the broader conversation that we had. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, I, anything I, else I think, you want to add? I, I think kind of what it does show is that, you know, maybe there's stuff that doesn't need to be remade. And yeah. um, yeah, maybe, you know, not always <laughs> remakes are not, not always better. No, I mean, in very rare circumstances are remakes even acceptable. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is coming from the guy who's the sequel junkie. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I get it. I, I get it. I get the temptation to want to go back to a property that has performed well versus investing in a property that you don't necessarily um, know is going to perform well. But that's the point the, the audiences reward risk takers. They reward well, risk. They reward newness. They were, you know, and let's, and let me say this, you know, elemental had a very rough opening mm-hmm. and has since recovered. Mm-hmm. massively to become a a movie that I am now getting more and more buzz about um from people that mm-hmm. that you know people are starting to talk about that film more it's and a good movie it, oh yeah yeah so I, I I it comes out on Disney plus I think soon ish mm-hmm. so um I need to see it again um to kind it's, of it's it's funny go. because that that's one of those movies where the advertising did not do it justice yeah where the advertising I mean, I remember I'm I'm on record on this podcast going, eh, I'm not that excited to see it. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. You know, I, uh. I think, yeah, yeah. The one that I think is going to be very interesting is this is three months from now when Wish comes out. Agreed. Um, they need to come ex- out. They need to come out early and say they're not going to put that on Disney Plus for six months. Yeah, they yeah. do. They, they need to like they need to, they, you know. Wish will not appear on on Disney well, Plus for six months or for a year or whatever. Like they, the they fact to... that Elemental hasn't been on there is a as a reason I think it recovered so well at the box office. I think people were just like, "Oh, I don't have to go see this because exactly. it's going to be on Disney Plus." And then when it didn't get announced, they were like, "Oh, I guess I have to go see it now." <laughs> well, there was a period there, Matt. I think you had already left because you left the Disney store in 2019, right? Yeah, right before okay. COVID. So you left right when Disney Plus launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there was a period there. Where Disney did it right, where the talking points, this was for Frozen 2. I remember because I, I ran the contest for Frozen 2 and I ran the contest for um, uh, for um, uh, Return, uh, Rise of Skywalker for the DVD, the, 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 the sales Yeah. And one of the questions was, was how do you overcome the, well, it's just going to be on Disney Plus objection? And the answer was, yes, while it may at some point be on Disney Plus, you're looking at least six to eight months from now before it's there, and you will not have any of the special content that comes on the Blu-rays. That is something that I think it would be a fun topic to explore at some point, hmm. is that with the advent of streaming, we've lost all extra content. We've lost the 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 writer and director commentary to watch when we watch a movie. You don't have any of that anymore, and some of that was pretty spectacular stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah. You don't have that anymore. Yeah, I agree interesting well uh matt how do they get a hold of us if they uh wanted to get a hold of us it is closing you, time you can email us beers and ears uh beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com uh a facebook group beers and ears podcast i keep saying twitter and instagram it is x and instagram and you can call it twitter i'm not buying into that x <laughs> i don't think x is gonna be around much longer have you heard the new latest news they're good he's getting rid of the block button I'm not sure he legally he, can do that. He can legally do whatever he wants. It's his own platform. But like, are you absolutely insane getting rid of the block button? Yeah. I made a bet with my friend Jason, who I think listens to the show. So Broomfield, if you're listening, man, I made a bet with him just about a year ago. I said Twitter would be dead in about a year. He's like, ah, oh, no, no, it won't. I said, I bet you a bottle of liquor. So I got a bottle of liquor on the line. 
that Twitter slash X, whatever. Technically, I could say that X or Twitter is gone because it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. I was going to say, um, so if you want to get technical, you win. <laughs> anyway, um, as always, we are um, brought to you by um, Magical Memories by Casey Wooley. Uh, yes. If you are looking to plan your next Disney Universal uh, all-inclusive resort vacation, you should go to CaseyWooley.com or... Um, talk to the person that I'm talking about right now. I, I will. I will tell you. So real quick on this. Um, it's been a year. Can you believe it's been a year since oh I did? Gosh. It's been a year. So I celebrated my one year. I've had I've had contact with 111 different people wow. um, through my own personal connections through this podcast. Several of you um, have reached out to me, and I've planned your trips, which has been fabulous. Um, different leads that I've been sent, referrals, whatever. I am having the time of my life doing this and I'm and, and I'm having so much fun living vicariously through you. I just booked um uh Friday, Matt. You'll you'll appreciate this. A 14-day vacation. Woo! A 14-day vacation, seven days at Walt Disney World, Art of Animation Resort, Finding Nemo Suites, four-day base tickets, followed by a seven-day Eastern Caribbean cruise on the Disney Fantasy, going to the British Isles, the Virgin Islands, Castaway Key, three days at sea talk about an amazing vacation like and it's all paid for it's all paid for uh because they're getting the dining plan all that oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. right i am having the time of my life doing this and so look it costs you nothing extra to to use my services you've been listening to me you trust me you know what i'm what i'm talking about so why not why not use me and like you said caseywoolly.com c-a-s-e-y w-o-o-l-e-y.com i've recently updated the website a little bit so there's offers on there now um, i'm actually running an offer through the end of this year if you book a trip with me uh, you can get up to a hundred dollar disney gift card with me so twenty five hundred dollars or more in covered expenses stuff that's basically commissionable to me if you spend it i'll send you a 25 dollar gift card five thousand dollars or more fifty dollar gift card seventy five hundred dollars or more seventy five dollar gift card and ten thousand dollars or more in a hundred dollar gift card that you can use while you're on your trip it's free money just going to give it to you running that through the end of the year so um if you want to take part in it go to caseywoolly.com fill out my planning blueprint nice <laughs> yes um we got some bangers episodes coming up we're going to talk about that after we uh hit stop record yes um so yeah um let's i'll, I'll do this part let's raise our glasses this episode has been on us and we will see you all next time Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.